Pure, authentic conversation. That's Soulfully Casual. So grab your favorite beverage, sit in your favorite chair. Here is your host, Matty Ice. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Soulfully Casual podcast hosted by Matty Ice. And this is, of course, a Matty Ice Media Network production. If you're just tuning into the show, I want to wish you a happy belated Thanksgiving. It really was a wonderful day for me. We got to spend some time with family. It was very low key, but there was something about the day that just felt very right, if that makes sense. But before we get into the topic of the show today, a little bit of business. First of all, if you want to connect with the show on Instagram, it is Soulfully Casual Podcast. On Twitter, the handle is at Maddie Ice Media. And of course, visit MattyIceMedia.com for all the other podcasts that we support, such as The Manual with Cleve Wason and, of course, Political Football, which is what I am a part of every week during the NFL season. So I hope you had a great Thanksgiving, and I hope this finds you well on a Monday. I hope that the Thanksgiving weekend, if you took some additional time off from Thursday, was a respite from the troubles of your week or the troubles of your life. It is an important time of year to remember the things that we're thankful for. And when I was doing the calculations for the show, thinking about how many episodes there were in the month of November, I kind of forgot about the fact that there was one straggling day left, and that's today. That's November 29th. Because every year there is a little bit of a time between Thanksgiving and when December starts. Now, if you're like me, and we'll get to this in a future episode, of course, if you're like me, the time after Thanksgiving is when you're kind of getting ready for Christmas. I talked about at the beginning of the month how people seem to skip Thanksgiving and get right into Christmas. They start decorating, they start playing music and all that, and how I feel like there is a sort of something that's lost in that. And I think going through Thanksgiving and waiting until Thanksgiving is over, or at least the festivities of Thanksgiving are over to really start getting into Christmas, I think that there is a wasted opportunity to think about the things that we are thankful for. But when I was going over what I wanted to talk about during the month of December, I realized that today was a day that I hadn't accounted for. And I said that during the month of November, especially on Mondays, I think last episode I said it was Tuesdays, but I digress. Anyway, I thought about what is it that I want to talk about on the last day of November? Is there a group of people that perhaps I forgot? I mean, of of course there is. If you look at the people that I have highlighted up until this point, caregivers, suicide survivors, and other folks around the country, of course I'm going to leave out many groups because there's many, many people across all the entirety of the world that could use our help in some fashion. But over the weekend, I was watching ESPN, as we always do. It's one of those things that we seem to have on in the background, not necessarily because we are like sports fanatics, but mainly because it just gives an good, a good bit of background noise while our, our son is playing and while we're just sort of hanging about, especially on Saturdays. Well, after a while, when you leave on ESPN, it kind of gets into some of that middle of the day programming and it's not necessarily programming that we tune into and they have a series that's called E60 and the whole point of it is to sort of give you a, a documentary style of programming which sort of lends itself to a short form and the short form I think is much more palatable for a lot of people because documentaries are great but I think when you talk about people's attention spans in today's world sometimes it is a lot to ask them to sit down for an hour possibly an hour and a half of a documentary and in this particular one we caught it in the middle But I recognized a name that was on there, and that name was Pat LaFontaine. So if anybody who is listening who is a hockey fan, you recognize that name. He was a longstanding player in the 80s, and I think he retired sometime in the 90s. He's certainly well into his 50s at this point. And I saw his name on there, and I wondered, oh, I wonder what this is about. Obviously, giving his now, not advanced age, but obviously being a lot older than he was during his playing time, 
you kind of wonder, okay, what is it that he has, has he, has he had, or what is it that he has had happen to him? A lot of times with these E60s, it's about a former athlete or somebody related to an athlete who gets a disease. Well, in this particular episode of E60, it was about his daughter. His daughter's name is Brianna. And she was on there and they were kind of talking about somebody. And that person hadn't made their appearance yet. And all of a sudden there is this black man who shows up and he looks not like a normal human being would look. And I mean that and he looks very weak. He looks very frail. And so we kind of get invested into this story and come to find out his his name is Randell McCoy, and he was a love interest of Brianna. They had met, and somehow, I think it was like six months into their relationship, uh, Randell was diagnosed with ALS. And that, that really, really hit me. It hit me like a ton of bricks. And mainly, so we get through the whole rest of the story, and they end up staying together. They get engaged, they get married in 2019, and they're still together today. And last we heard, it was in June of 2021, Rendell was still alive. Obviously, ALS is a degenerative disease, and so he is not doing as well as he was. But I loved what they did in basically calling ALS a love story, and that's the way she put it, is ALS doesn't stand for what the disease is. It stands for a love story because their love transcended everything. And it got me to thinking about being a caregiver, and it brought me all the way back to the beginning of the month or close to the beginning of the month when I talked about caregiving in general and about how much of a mental strain it is on people. But then I started thinking about ALS in general, and I realized that when you talk about diseases that get a lot of publicity, cancer is really the one that gets the most publicity because I think so many people across the country either have someone in their family, have had cancer themselves, or certainly know somebody who has been affected by it. It has affected millions, and it will continue to do so until we find something better than what we have. But when I thought about ALS and other diseases like it that attack your nervous system, it got me to realizing that there are a lot of people who suffer from these diseases or family members of people who suffer from these diseases that don't get a lot of attention. And there isn't a lot of publicity on it. There isn't a lot of money, more importantly, that goes to it. When I talked about caregiving and I talked about the different types of cancers and how certain cancers seem to get a lot of the publicity, like Susan G. Komen and breast cancer, millions and millions of dollars pour into Susan G. Komen. But if you're like my mom who had a terminal brain tumor, there's not a lot of resources for you, or it's very difficult to find those resources, mainly because I think, again, the popularity of a certain disease and the popularity of fighting that disease uh, sometimes allows for more resources to go the way of those folks who have it. I'm not saying it's fair or unfair. I'm just saying that it is the way that it is. And that's the way that my aunts really found themselves as my mom was getting more and more incapable of taking care of herself, lacking resources. And so I thought about ALS and I decided to look into it. And when I looked into it, I realized that it made for the perfect last episode of November because there's a lot that kind of goes into everything that we talked about. We talk about surviving someone from a suicide, but a lot of times as a caregiver, we end up surviving the people that we're caregiving for. And it happens all the time. The reason that we're caring for somebody at the end of their life is because their life is coming to an end. And it wasn't something that I had really put together. It wasn't a correlation that I had made. And while neither of these has anything to do with the first Thanksgiving, it does have a lot to do with the concept of giving thanks and being thankful for what we have. So in looking up ALS, first of all, ALS stands for amyotrophic lateral sclerosis. Now, if you have hear that word sclerosis, you might think of multiple sclerosis. Well, there are other diseases that are kind of like ALS. Uh, muscular dystrophy is another one. Obviously, MS is very popular. And what they do is they attack the neural... There are degenerative neurological disease that attack nerve cells in the brain and in the spine. And if you know anything about the human body, you know that the human body cannot survive without the brain. And certainly the spine is the central part of everything that we do in the human body. Across America, something about 
roughly 20,000 cases per year of ALS are diagnosed. And that's obviously much, much smaller than a lot of cancers, especially the main cancers. But it's still a lot of people. If you think about 20,000 people, that eradicates a lot of small towns in this country. So uh, there's a lot of people that get it. But again, not a lot of notoriety about it. It's progressive. It's degenerative. And it affects many of the, the brain cells and many of the cells in our body that we need to survive. There's no cure for it. And unlike a lot of cancers, which do have, I don't want to say cures for cancer, there's no cure for cancer. But obviously, a lot of the therapies that we have, much of the medicine that we have can at least put somebody in remission. And while eventually the cancer will come back in some way, it doesn't always happen that way. So there is an out for many, many, at least many types of cancers. If you have a brain tumor, if you have pancreatic cancer, for instance, a lot of times those are a death sentence. So there is not necessarily a cure or a treatment that helps to cure uh, all types of cancers, but there is something. With ALS, there is nothing. When you hear that you have that diagnosis, you know that you are on borrowed time. You know that your diagnosis is terminal, and that's the word that is focused on a lot. The mean survival time for a person diagnosed is two to five years. Many, many have lived longer. It's just like any other statistic. Uh, my mom was told she has six, had six months to live. She lived for, at least biologically, for two years. She lived with quality for about a year. So, I mean, if you think about it, she was given six months and she lived with quality for a whole year. So she defied the odds by living twice the the mean survival time. So that it doesn't necessarily mean anything, but obviously two to five years is a relatively short time frame if you think about the expanse of our life. And it depends on when you get it. 20% more common in men than in women. And that main, I think mainly that's because there are more men than women in society. So I don't necessarily think that it's necessarily indicative of something major, but it is something to note. It is diagnosed with people between ages 40 and 70. And that got to me because I'm thinking, well, I'm turning 40 in a year plus. So I could be right in there. The mean age, of course, is age 55. And it makes sense. Your body is older. Your body is more susceptible to things like disease. And of course, you would get it. Here's the scary part, though, for me. Most cases are not genetic. Something like 90% of the cases are not genetically related. And that's what makes the, the disease such a mystery. And I think that's what makes it so scary is we still don't know a lot about it. And the fact that you can't have some kind of a marker, at least with cancer, at least many times you can have a genetic test and sort of see, okay, my family history would tell me that I'm predisposed to getting cancer. So like when I look at my life, my mom had cancer twice, her dad had cancer twice. So it seems likely that I will get cancer at some point in my life. It's not a guarantee, but it seems likely based off of my genetic past. And you don't have that with ALS. And that has to be so scary because you think to yourself, I could get this and there's nothing that I can do to prevent it. And that's one of the scariest things I think about life in general is the things that we know that we can't prevent. We have no control over it. And if we get it, then we have to live with it. And that's kind of the idea of the rest of this episode. Some of the common symptoms that we see, and I think you'll understand why this is so scary. You start getting weakness in your arms and legs, difficulty walking. There's a lot of people who stumble. And that's why you see a lot of people with ALS in wheelchairs, difficulty speaking or slurred speech. Obviously, when you're talking about the brain, and my mom kind of had this where she lost her left side. And her her mouth would droop and she wasn't necessarily able to pronunciate her words perfectly. You see this after strokes a lot of times too. Chewing and eating. And again, we're talking about the brain. We're talking about the, the one organ in our body that dictates everything that we do. It tells our body to do everything. And right now I'm here in a microphone talking about this. And imagine if I didn't have that ability. Something that I love so much would be taken away from me and I don't have any control over it. And then, of course, things like muscle twitches and cramping, of course, and that has a lot to do with the fact that it's attacking your nervous system, which then it basically it's not allowing 
your muscles to get any of those signals. And it essentially is atrophying your muscles. And that's the scary part. And that's why you see so many people in a degenerative disease like this. They look like they don't have any any bodily functions. They're not able to control themselves. They start to lose their independence. And that's one of the scary parts about this. Some notable people that have had ALS. And I think this kind of brings it home for a lot of people. So I think the most famous person to ever have this would be Lou Gehrig. Because for many, many years, it was called Lou Gehrig's disease. He had to retire when he was diagnosed with it. At the time... He was probably the second most famous baseball player outside of Babe Ruth. And I remember the famous speech that he made. I obviously wasn't alive for it, but I've seen the footage where he called himself the luckiest man on the face of the earth. And for decades, it was called Lou Gehrig's disease. We don't call it that now, but it is still kind of conversationally called that. But he was probably the most famous person to get it. Uh, Stephen Hawking. Everybody knows who Stephen Hawking is. Famous uh, astrophysicist, I believe. And he was in a wheelchair and he couldn't talk. But he had that famous robotic voice, and he lived for many, many years, one of the smartest men in the entire planet. A Steven Hillenberg, who is the creator of SpongeBob, Charles Mingus, famous jazz artist, a John Stone, creator of Sesame Street, and I think another famous sports person was Steve Gleason. Now, any football fan or maybe a New Orleans Saints fan, if you're listening, remembers Hurricane Katrina. It was one of the most catastrophic uh, acts of God to ever happen to this country, and it made it impossible for the New Orleans Saints to play at the Superdome. And their first game back, I think it was Monday Night Football, uh, they won in, in glorious fashion and Steve Gleason blocked a punt and was later diagnosed with ALS and has since passed away from it. And that's obviously tragic. So there's a lot of people who have had it. Uh, the last one, most famously, Pete Freitas, who was part of the Ice Bucket Challenge, which happened, I think, in 2013, 2014, something like that. And he has the same last name as I do, at least in spelling. And it's just pronounced a little bit differently. And so there's a lot of people who have had that connection to ALS and raising money for research. Every year, ESPN does the Jimmy V Foundation for cancer research. And that's a wonderful thing. But we need money. We need dollars for research when it comes to all of these diseases. And I think sometimes we feel like maybe we're helpless to be able to do anything to help. And as caregivers, it's so much. Think about everything that's going on here, right? With cancer, you kind of know what you're what to expect, especially if you're having radiation If you're having chemo, you know that it's going to zap a lot of energy from somebody. You know that there's going to be loss of hair. There's going to be vomiting and other types of symptoms. But at least for the most part, you know that somebody isn't going to be losing their independence, especially as they're fighting the disease. Like you hope that they can gain the strength to be able to fight in a physical sense. And with ALS, it's degenerative. It happens over time. And it's a slow decline a lot of times. And that's the thing that sucks about it is you go from being diagnosed, having all of your freedoms, all of your independence. And we talk about the concept of freedom today as it relates to the vaccine and as it relates to COVID-19 and people don't want their freedoms taken away from them. Well, those people probably don't know what true freedom taken away from is. And in this case, somebody with ALS going from, I can do everything in my life. I can brush my teeth. I can make my breakfast. I can get dressed. And then slowly over time, just by the course of living, you no longer can do those things anymore. And imagine being on the other side. And that's where this story with uh, Brianna LaFontaine really hit me. Because they were together for six months. They hadn't been together a very long time. And he told her about this. And he gave her an out. And she knew that she loved him enough to stay with him. But there's a lot that goes with that. She's watching the person that she loves slowly decline day by day. She's having to help him with things. And while they have forged a major bond through this, it has to hurt. And I can only imagine what it's like to be a caregiver. I can only imagine what it's like to feel trapped inside your own body. And to watch one of your loved ones be trapped inside their own body. And to not be able to do anything about it, but just be there for them. Sometimes that's enough, but sometimes it's not. 
And I think a lot of times when we are not the people that are caregiving or we're not the person who has the disease, we just don't know how to help. And that's been one of the themes this month on Mondays is how can I help? Well, here are some ways that you can help. First of all, ALS.org is the first website that you should go to. One of the main reasons why you can go here, first of all, is for information. But second of all, it's to find the local chapter near where you are. Here in the District of Columbia, obviously, that's where I would go, right? I want to find more local people who I can get to right now, talk to, and be able to kind of Here are some stories, and I've talked about this as it related to suicide survivors and even caregivers to an extent. You need somebody who can who empathizes with you, who feels your pain. Sometimes that's the hardest thing to find in this world is we feel so alone. And if you are either somebody who has ALS or somebody who is taking care of somebody with ALS, maybe you don't know where to turn. ALS.org, finding your local chapter is definitely something that you can do. Many people can become an advocate to help increase spending. I talked about money. I talked about resources. A lot of times it starts there and it can start with you becoming an advocate for the disease, an advocate for somebody who has the disease to help raise money. You can do things like start a charity. You can participate in a charitable event to try to raise as much money as possible. It may sound silly, but every dollar helps. So if you have a charitable event and you're able to raise thousands of dollars, that's thousands of dollars that ALS research did not have before. And while it may not necessarily save the life of the person that you love or your life, it will save people's lives in the future, hopefully, as long as the money is being put to good use. Um, For other diseases, the Muscular Dystrophy Association, which is MDA.org, that's another one. That's a lot more common. Again, it doesn't get a lot of uh, publicity, but there are people living with it. I have family members who are living with it, and it is manageable. But again, it's something that's degenerative and you, you know, we need resources to be able to find a cure for these diseases. There's also the Northeast ALS Consortium or NEALS, and they support ALS research and clinical trials through their network of partners. And again, advocates, partners, these are, these are key words. We want to make connections throughout the country, throughout the world to try to save ourselves from this disease. And while it maybe doesn't kill the same amount as others, like heart disease, like cancer, it does kill a lot. And it takes a lot more from people. And that's the idea of this, is that it takes from our society. It doesn't just take the people that we love. It takes something else. Some of these diseases take the soul away from our society. And having had a great Thanksgiving, being around the people that I loved, I couldn't help but think about the people that weren't there. More specifically, my mom. I talked about that on the Thanksgiving episode and how it sort of became a little bit more about the nostalgia and about the catharsis of thinking about my mom than I thought it would. And that really wasn't the point. But as I was sitting there laughing, you know, being with family, looking at my son, looking at my wife, I realized how lucky I am in this world. But I also realized that so many of the memories that I will make going forward in my life, however long I'll live, my mom won't be there for any of them. And I thought about the times that I had with her. I thought about her struggle through cancer twice. I thought about the people that took care of her physically and emotionally and I thought about her at the end of her life and I couldn't help it I couldn't help think about everything that she had lost and when I looked at this story on ESPN I realized that those people were losing the same thing it just was taking a lot longer of a time that Mr. McCoy was going to lose everything about his life that he could have any control over he wasn't going to be able to feed himself wasn't going to be able to get dressed, wasn't going to be able to speak. These are things that we take for granted. And I think closing out November was something so, so tragic that it makes us remember that the month of November is supposed to be about giving thanks for what we have and that we have a lot to be thankful for. We truly do. And while maybe your life isn't where you want it to be today, it doesn't mean that it can't get there in some fashion, some way. And what does it take? It takes the will that you have to keep going, to keep persevering, 
and it has and what else does it have you know what you have to be able to believe in yourself you have to be able to look at yourself in the mirror and say i can do this i can get out of it maybe my life isn't what i want it want it today but it can be if i just put some hard work in and rely sometimes on the people around us i think so often i talked about change i think so often we are unwilling to accept people's help we're unwilling to think that we're not good enough to fix our own life or fix our own problems but you know what everybody needs help sometimes and so as we push forward into the month of giving which is december remember that you can lean on others in your neighborhood in your community in your family that's what they're there for and you should be there for them too so if you know somebody who has als you know somebody who's going through this maybe caring for somebody just reach out with a text message a phone call maybe send some flowers or a meal just to let them know you're thinking about them because i think sometimes knowing that there's somebody else out there who has you on their mind it really helps them. So um, share some stories with me if you have them. Connect with the show like the, and the ways that I talked about earlier, Instagram, Twitter, and of course our website. And it means a lot to me to hear from the people, of the people that are out there listening. You, the listener, you mean everything to me. That's why I'm continuing to do this because I'm reaching a connection every single time I put out content. And it means a lot. It really does. So I hope that this finds you safe. I'm looking forward to the month of December. We're going to do some fun stuff in December. We're going to do some Christmas theme stuff. But next episode, we're going to talk about why December is the month of giving. So stay safe out there. Call, text, hug your loved ones, and I will talk to you next time. Peace. The opinions and viewpoints expressed on the Soulfully Casual podcast are those of Matty Ice and not necessarily those of the Matty Ice Media Network. The Soulfully Casual podcast is exclusively owned by Matty Ice and is brought to you by the Matty Ice Media Network.